Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Tom Miller. I'm the owner of Leaders Building Leaders. I'm just really excited to, to spend some time with you, whether you're watching us live on one of our pages uh, or one of our archives listening on our podcast, our Principal's Office podcast, which just, just reached over 75,000 listens, which is extremely humbling. I can't thank my uh, former teammate enough, uh, Jeff Gorski, for you know, bringing the podcast you know, to the team and um, it's you know, going through some you know, changes over the years and uh, but you know 100 and I think almost 170 episodes now and uh, 75,000 listens so if you're listening on our podcast thank you thank you so much uh, but if and if you're not and if you don't know um, about our podcast you can go to the principalsoffice.podcast.com or you can just search the principal's office podcast wherever you listen uh, to podcasts so so um, if you're watching me I'm wearing my youth max shirt and uh Youth Max is, is, our, is our youth leadership program uh, that uh, teaches John Maxwell's leadership principles in, uh, in schools, um, in, in schools or communities. Uh, so during October, uh, that's our Global Youth Initiative Month. And, and so what I like to do is I like to uh, you know, pour into schools and provide resources to uh, teachers and counselors and principals um, to, to help youth uh, learn John's uh, principles, how to be better leaders of themselves so they can be better leaders in the community. So if you're interested, um, I'll put a link in our show notes uh, where you can you know, sign up to learn more, to have a free uh, a leadership training uh, for your students and to also get our uh, digital library of youth leadership lessons. Um, and these lessons you could use at any point. They you know, could be part of your um, you know, classroom curriculum and all of your teachers can uh, utilize them, but I'm, I'm most excited about uh, the opportunity to, to bring the I Lead curriculum, uh, John Maxwell's I Lead curriculum, I Lead and I Choose, in, into your middle school. So um, stay in tune. We're going to be doing some webinars soon uh, to introduce this curriculum to you. Um, it's it's you know, uh, being taught to millions and millions of students across uh, the globe. It's at no cost to you and your school. And so what I would love to do is to uh, be able to equip your teachers and your team to implement the I lead curriculum in your school. So um, email me at Tom at lbleaders.com and let's, let's uh, make that happen. Let's, you know, uh, continue to work to, to change your world, right? To change your world. So, so the title of this, of this uh, lesson that I've been uh, working through um, is a, is a better way to lead through difficult times, a better way to lead through tough times. Like, you know, it doesn't matter where you are on the planet right now, you're, you know, facing adversity and you're facing challenges. And, and it's interesting, uh, uh, if you uh, follow us, we're a hockey family. We love ice hockey. We live here in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're a season 
ticket owners. This is our sixth year. And we've watched the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, really grow um, as, as a team. So with that, you know, my son uh, started to play hockey. He's eight uh, years old now. But just this past year or past two months, three months, my daughter, who's uh, 13 now, um, she, she has uh, started to play ice hockey. And so um, she went through the Learn to Skate program. And as I look back on it now, right, she's going through the Learn to Skate then, and then the Learn to Play. Um, and now she's like, she's in it. She's in a house league here in Raleigh and she's playing against, you know, other boys and girls her age, uh, you know, adolescents, 13 to 15. And, and um, yeah, this is her first time on ice. And, and it's interesting, you know, the coach keeps on talking to her about, She's really stiff, right? And if you watch her on the ice and she stands up straight and she's always trying to balance herself with, with her stick. And so we went back through, hey, you know, when you were learning how to skate, what was the first lesson that they taught you? And she said, how, how to fall. I said, that's right. They teach you how to fall. And what was the next lesson that they taught you? She said, how to get up. I said, yeah, what, what an important, I was like, wow, like, what an important learning skill that everybody needs to learn, right? I got to learn how to fall without hurting myself, but I also have to learn how to get up. And so, you know, I mean, that's really uh, what we're talking about here, right? That, that grit, that resilience, that uh, persistence, because it doesn't matter how many times you fall. It's just to make sure you get up one more time than, than, than you actually fall. And if you've ever been on ice skates or, you know, skis, like, you know, trying to get up and collect all your things, you know, can be challenging, especially when there's, you know, uh, players whizzing around you. I still play as well. So, um, so soon, soon we'll get my wife on ice. But so, so I started to really think about what, you know, Deb and I were uh, talking about. Like once you get over that fear of falling, because you know that you can get up and you know that, you know, like if you learn to fall, you know, correctly and you can, you know, you know, uh, recalibrate yourself, you know, hands and knees, it's, it's easy to get up, right? Sometimes we try to get up from like our backside if you're on ice and it doesn't work and you don't have the right balance. But it's about, it's about, you know, while you're, I still remember John Maxwell saying like, hey, while you fall, while you're down there, why don't you, why don't you learn something? <laughs> right? That's the most important thing. So every time you fall and you get up, right, you're, you're learning through something. You're you're learning through adversity, and there's amazing advantages to to adversity. Um, it, adversity is actually you know opportunities to rise up in leadership. I mean that's what an adversity is. You know it's an opportunity to to overcome a current you know situation that's not you know conducive to where you want to be, and then and then rising up you know, through that. So adversity really introduces us to ourselves. It, it, it creates opportunity for, for self-discovery. It, it's, um, you know, you know, you know, there's this quote from James Allen, circumstances do not make a man, they reveal him to himself. Right? Leaders aren't made in crisis. Leaders are revealed in crisis and that's what you know adversity might be a minor crisis big crisis you know there's a lot of people who thought at this point we wouldn't be still in this uh, pandemic right we wouldn't still be working through you know crises there's always a crisis right 
when you're in leadership, if you're in, you know, if you're a high level leader, there's always something going on that could be, you know, uh, described as a crisis. And that's where, you know, you, you want individuals who bring water to the crisis, not, not ones who bring gasoline, right? So adversity introduces us to ourselves. Adversity also is, is, is a better teacher than success is. Right. So like if my daughter just got on ice skates and just, you know, started to be able to just, you know, skate, she really wouldn't have seen, you know, the challenge in it. I mean, my son was kind of that way because he got on skates. Uh, he was probably four or three or four when he first got on ice skates. So he he went through the learn uh, to play. He doesn't really remember the fall. So now like he just thinks, you know, I'm, I'm this successful skater because I just learned how to do it really, really fast. But the difference is learning how to skate at 13 compared to learning how to skate at four or a whole different world. My father, uh, we uh, joke about it. Um, the last time he was on ice skates was when my sister turned, I think, 13, you know, about, you know, my daughter's age. And, and I apparently um, influenced him to come out on the ice. You know, I was a hockey player and, and, uh, and my poor dad broke his ankle. <laughs> right. He's never gotten back up. He's never tried to get back on skates again, right? Adversity is a teaching tool, right? And the only thing my dad learned is I'm never gonna skate again. And so, you know, of a much larger issue, you know, when I was a gambling addict, when I was, you know, uh, um, you know, trying to, trying to not be a gambling addict, right? To not, no longer be a gambler, you know, one of the things you have to do is you have to turn your wounds into, into wisdom. So like, as I look back now, it's been over, you know, 15 years and over 5,000 days, you know, since I gambled. But like, when I think back now, like my, you know, behavior back then was extremely inappropriate. I, you know, poor character and I made a lot of bad choices, but I also learned a lot of skills. <laughs> you know, I learned, I learned, you know, strategy. I learned to overcome failure because at some points I owed, Ten, five to ten thousand uh, dollars in like twenty-four hours. And I had to figure it out. You know, I had to, um, you know, strategize around how I would do this, and I had to communicate and connect with people, and I had to work these things, you know, through. Now, back then, it, it was called manipulation <laughs> because it was for it wasn't for a good cause. But now, when I think about it later, fifteen years later, I mean, those strategies, that optimism, are the same skills that I use now. To help organizations move move from you know challenges you know crisis to success, I build a framework, right? And I'm going to share some of that framework with you uh, today. Like how, like how do you get from here to there? But so adversity is going to help you, right? When you're learning through adversity, when you go back, everybody's faced tough times. When you go back and think through the tough times, like what what were the steps that you took to get from here to there? I'm going to probably say every time that you were successful going from here to there, if you wrote that down, we call it our timeline of awareness, right? You write that down. Like what were the steps? You're going to find some similarities. That's a framework for overcoming adversity in your life. And number three, adversity opens doors for new opportunities, right? So, so now, now that, that you've overcome whatever that may be. So whether you're a, high level leader, you know, uh, listening in or 
or maybe you're just you know starting out and you're a you know teacher leader or you know teacher assistant or a front office person i mean either way you're a leader in your organization i mean you're overcoming adversity in the past your ability to problem solve be a solution oriented person you know someone who 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 understands failing forward that's going to open doors for you those are those are new opportunities now okay so so Adversity introduces us to ourselves, right? It really reveals who we are, character-wise, right? Fight or flight. Adversity is a better teacher to us than just succeeding. You don't learn anything when you just do it for the first time. It wasn't that hard if you just you know, did it for the first time and you were successful at it. And adversity opens doors. And so, so the, way, the way we learn is by, is by making mistakes, right? By learning either, either our own personal mistakes or by observing other people who have made mistakes, okay? So, you know, mistakes are not a bad thing. We have to overcome this fear of mistakes. And so that's a, that's a really, really important, um, you know, message that I want you to hear. And it's interesting when I do these youth max trainings, one of the, one of the main you know, sessions I do is, is failing forward. And I have to, I, you know, I have to look to the middle schoolers and talk to them about overcoming errors. I said, like your teachers are telling you all the time to, to raise your hand and ask questions. There are no bad questions and it's okay if you make a mistake. This is how you learn. I said, you know, kids, now it's time for you to turn around and tell the teacher the same thing. It's okay for you to, to let us know when you were wrong. As an adult, that's a great model. You want to be able to teach and show and be authentic and transparent that it's okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to make the same mistakes over and over again, right? But it's okay as long as you're learning. It's a valuative experience. And sometimes when we get into these positions of leadership, classroom leadership, school leadership, we, get a, we, we become afraid of making a mistake or or other people knowing that we made a mistake or other people knowing that we don't know. <laughs> it's okay. I give you the permission. It's all right. You're not supposed to know everything. You're not supposed to be able to do everything. That's not your job as a leader. Okay. So look for the benefits in adversity. Look for, you know, over the last 18 months, there's been a tremendous amount of adversity and change. And, and you're probably sick and tired of hearing this, but if you're sick and tired of hearing it and you're not getting better results, you need to look in the mirror because your only competition is staring right back at you. My name's Tom and I'm your friend. And I'm telling you, if you are not learning and growing during these times that's a that's an inside job you've got to take a look you've got to you've got to put yourself in an environment for growth you've got to look for the growth if you're okay with being in the same spot that you are a year from now that you are now okay i don't think you want that i don't want that for you and i don't even know most of you <laughs> i've never met you and i probably never will but I don't want that for you. I mean, if you're in the same position now that you were a year ago, hmm, that hurts a little. That's a whole year wasted. And wasting time is a slow form of suicide. So 
Adversity introduces us to ourselves. It's a better teacher than successes. It opens the doors for new opportunities. And number four, it writes our story if our response is right. It writes our story. I mean, you know, some of you have heard my story. I mean, for 10 years, I did nothing, nothing but gamble every single day. I mean, if, if there was a sporting event, I was gambling on it. And I, you know, found a way until like eventually I became sick and tired of sick of, you know, being sick and tired of losing. I had lost a half a million dollars on, on a, on a, you know, a, a first year teacher salary here in North Carolina, which was less than $30,000 a year. You know, I had some debt, I had some problems, you know? And, and so I just, each week I started, you know, I, I joined Gamblers Anonymous and every week or every Tuesday, I would drive 90 miles one way to uh, Chapel Hill from Wilmington, North Carolina. And I would go to my Gamblers Anonymous meeting and we would learn words like humility and honesty and, integrity and respect. I mean, out of this little yellow book, this little tiny yellow book. And every week, you know, we would say it works if you work it. Keep coming back. Now, right around my 90th day, because they just kept talking about just 90 days. Just try it for 90 days, right? Just try it for 90 days. And right around 90 days, I was, I wouldn't tell anybody. There's no way I would say, you know, and I let them know that I was going to Las Vegas for a bachelor party for one of my friends. They would have never let me go. They would have figured out a way to keep me back. But I went and, 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 and so, you know, to make a long story short, I put money on the blackjack table and I was, I was, you know, ducking down and hiding because I didn't want anybody to see me. And then the dealer messed up, not once, but twice. My bet never went through. And then I heard this voice and his voice said, Tom, pick up your chips and go, you know, cash out. And I did, I grabbed my money and I walked to the cashier and they said, hey, did you win? And I said, I certainly did. I did. You see, when the opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. My 90 days, my 90 days of, of values-based weekly meetings, like just this goal to not to gamble that day, minute by minute, hour by hour, whatever it was, overcome my over 10 years, which is 3,600 days of gambling. 90 days overcame 10 years, right, of, 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 of downhill habits, right? But that, that slow climb, that, that, that starting to grab a picture of what life could be without gambling, because I never imagined it, you know, before. I never knew. But, but now that's part of my story, right? So now I think, well, I can pretty much do anything, right? If I follow a framework, if I follow a framework. So here's, so here's what I want to share. I want to share six things, six things to lead people through tough times, okay? Six things you can do you know, differently to lead people, lead your team through uh, difficult times. And I'm gonna share a couple strategies how to make sure you're leading yourself, okay? So you're doing a great job hanging in there with me, whether you're listening you know, live or, or you're on the podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for uh, being part of it. Um, and, and, and so, okay, so get your pen, let's get ready. Six things to lead people through tough times. So. Again, remember, you're not made in a crisis, right? You're revealed in a crisis, right? So, so the first thing you have to do is you have to, you know, uh, define reality. Where, you know, where are we right now? So when I get hired, you know, to come into an organization to, to help them, right, to, to help navigate through a, a tough time or through a, a challenging time, you know, the first thing I do is I, is I, you know, define reality. Like, where are we, right? What are the current, you know, issues? Is it... 
Is it enrollment? Is it, you know, staff? Or are we, are we out of compliance? And, and I go on a listening party and I ask, you know, questions and I look at the data, right? You know, because, you know, data leaves clues, right? Results don't lie. <laughs> I mean, they're your current results, but they're not your truth, right? Because facts can change, but we still have to get, we all have to commit to this is where we are. Like, for example, like if we were all going to go, um, on a vacation uh, together. Let's let's do a leadership summit. I don't know, uh, somewhere nice, maybe in the 38. It's in the it's in the uh, Panhandle, Florida. It's one of my favorite places uh, to visit. If we were going to all meet there, right? That's our destination. That's there. But you're all here. Like wherever you're here is is for you. And 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 so we need to know where we are, right? And tell our GPS where we're going, so we can have a path. But if we don't know where we are, like the GPS, like you ever have it when like you put in an address and like the GPS can't even find where you are and you're like, oh, it, it, can't, it can't give you a plan because it doesn't know where you are. That's your job as a leader to define current reality. And you always have to keep people at the center of your thinking, right? So you can't just look at tangible evidence. You, you know, you have to be thinking about, you know, where do we need to take, where do we need to take because it's, it's, it's people, right? We're in the people business. You got to keep your people in the forefront. I know that's hard right now, but people should always be in the forefront, okay? So either you deal with the reality, right? Or the reality is going to deal with you. So those that are blind to the reality and don't, you know, see it, right? That's a, you know, that's an issue. Those, those who won't like agree with this is where we are. This is, you know, this is our current situation. I, you know, I, you know, I love, uh, one of my favorite shows to watch is uh, The Prophet. I love Marcus Limonis. And I was just watching an, um, an episode with my uh, daughter last night about like a pizza place, like a salad pizza place. But anyway, but he, but he was, you know, the first thing he does when he comes into the business is he, uh, he, he checks out the current reality. He, he sees the process. He talks to people. He gathers information. And then he sits down and he looks at the finances. And he starts like really identifying, like, what's the debt here? <laughs> what do we owe? And sometimes the owner of the business, you know, they just make up excuses like, so he hasn't, do you commit to this or not? Is this how much money you're in debt, right? Like, you need to know your numbers. Like, this is our current reality. This is where, this is where we're working from, okay? Because this is where the team can make adjustments. If I know my current reality, then I can make adjustments to get to where I'm going. Yes. So. That's number two, is remind your team of the big picture, right? So, so if you're listening to me and you haven't like written out a vision statement, and if you don't have a clear you know, vision, this is where we're going, like you should go back because there's a couple podcasts and there's lots of trainings that I have on you know, creating a vision. That's the big picture. What are we trying to get to? And, and your job as the leader, right, is, is, is to be this, um, uh, this communications officer, right? Every single day you're communicating the big picture. This is where we're going. People need to be reminded of why they are doing what they do. So a great exercise is to, is to have everybody write their own purpose statement, right? And get like, like what, what brought you to education? What, what brought you to this field? Like what, why do you wake up every day? I mean, I wake up to be the difference maker the leadership development of individuals and organizations. I love doing it. I mean, I love 
you know, being here. I love, you know, sharing. I, I love adding value. And hopefully these lessons that we put out do that. That's what I do every single day. And I'm always reminded of the big, uh, you know, the uh, bigger picture. Like, what, what is it that I want, you know, to be? And the, the core, we want to be the, we want to be the difference maker. Like, we want to know that we're making a difference in the, the lives of, of adults, education, adults, right? Adults in education that, that impact children. So down the road, like, we're all going to be a better place. People need to be reminded that every single day. So if they've got their purpose statement, you know, this is why you came into education. This is why you're here. And, you know, you can do it at a staff meeting and everybody shares and, they, you know, they can share in small round tables and yes, that's why you're here. That's, that's why you're here at our school. That's why you're here at our organization, right? To do that. And here's where we're going together. So this doesn't mean, and, and so you don't have to have 100% clarity on the end vision. Okay. Because especially during tough times, you cannot predict the future, but the purpose, right? The purpose of your organization, right? Purpose, vision, goals. That's the, that's the, that's the training I want you to listen to. Purpose, vision, goals, right? Your, like your purpose is like the sun and everything revolves around it. But if I'm clear on my purpose and I know the purpose of our organization is who we are for, right? Or who, you know, what, who we aim to be for and what, and what, and what we aim, you know, to do. Like that's, that's our purpose. Because we don't know, right? No one has known how long COVID will last and what it'll look like. And right? so you can't have all the answers and you don't have to have all the answers, but you do have to have clarity in your purpose, your organization's purpose, and then make sure that your staff, their purpose aligns to the purpose, right? They're like-minded. They're, they're, you know, like-minded with their values and their purpose. So again, you don't need to know all the answers. This is an important step to learn together, to, to learn with your team. Someone brings you something that you don't know, so, but that's a really great question. What do you think? What have you researched? What do you think we should do? What are some of your thoughts around it? You're, you're in there, you know, in it. You're the teacher, right? Let's, let's learn together. Let's collaborate. Let's figure this out, right? I mean, when I think about me not gambling, I didn't have a picture of what that looked like, not gambling. But when I, but when I went to Gamblers Anonymous and surrounded myself with, you know, six or or seven other people who also wanted to not gamble, they helped me clarify my purpose, <laughs> right? Who I wanted to be. And I wanted to be at the time someone who didn't gamble. That's what I was aiming to do, right? I didn't know how I was going to do it. And you have to give up the right to know how to do everything. Stop it. Just know what you want to do. The only thing you need to know is the next step. And the next step that I knew was just to not gamble for the next one minute. 10 minutes, 30 minutes, don't do it, right? I had to, had to make changes in my habits and my daily actions, right? To navigate myself to make sure I didn't do that. My family and I are about to be debt-free, right? So we're following the, the Dave Ramsey seven steps. We're finally getting through, you know, step two, over a hundred, 
like $50,000 in debt. You know, most of it is my, you know, student loans based upon my, you know, gambling habits, right? And, and, and so, you know, in a couple of months, we're going to be different. I never imagined that. There's no way. When I saw a hundred and some thousand dollars, like there's no way I'll ever be able to pay that back. We'll never be debt free. Why try? How many of you have been challenged to set a vision and a goal and say, wow, there's no way that will ever happen. There's no way. Why try? My question to you is, why are you settling for less? Why are you accepting less in your life? Why are you settling for less? You deserve more. That's why I love our Empowered Executive Inner Circle, right? Every single week, you know, 50 uh, principals come uh, together in small groups of 10, and they, and they talk through their challenges, and they bring their issues to other like-minded people who want to see them as, you know, you know, as successful as possible and they pour into them and they, they uh, give them advice and they give them strategies and they, you know, and they hold them accountable on a week to week, you know, like we have action steps. This is what, what uh, we do, right? We, we said, this is what we're going to do in the next week. And if you come to the, to the zoom the next week and you haven't done your action step, you got eight or nine other people asking how come you didn't do it. That's what you said you were going to do. What are you letting get in the way? You need to put yourself in an environment of growth. If you're not in an environment of growth and challenge, you got to find one. For me, it was my mastermind group. When I, I didn't know it was a mastermind group, it was my Gamblers Anonymous, but that's all it really is. It's a group of like-minded people who want better results, not just for themselves, but for the people around them. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Your success is going to be determined by those directly around you. So you don't need all the answers. Let's learn together, right? Just know that there are answers. Be a possibilist. Be an optimist. Just know that, yes, I know there's answers. Like when, when, when my daughter falls in hockey, she knows how to get up. When she first started, she didn't know how to get up. Now she knows how to get up, right? Now, and now she's learning how to skate backwards. And, you know, slowly but surely it's happening. At one point, she couldn't even skate forward. Now she's learning how to skate backwards, right? You don't need to know all of the how. You just need to know that there is a how. <laughs> you just need to work towards it and be resilient and patient to get there. All right. I have this. Uh, all right, here we go. So step one, current reality. Step two, remind people of the, of the big picture. Where are we going? every single where are we going this is where we're going all right number three help them develop a plan right so so as you're so as you know the current reality and 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 right and and and, and we're trying to get from here to there you need you can't do all of it right so there's a lot of great you know resources we have to help you learn how to delegate and empower people but you have to help them develop a plan and these are the people on your team you know, uh, develop a plan to get from here uh, to there, whatever your role may be in the organization. So if you're the leader, you know, if you're a teacher, you know, helping your students, like help them create a framework. And one way to help them create a framework is what I ask, if you're, you know, a part of our coaching list, right, or our, uh, our uh, thinking partner programs, when I'm one-on-one -on -one with you, I'm gonna say, well, have you ever encountered a problem before? Have you ever had a challenge? Have you ever not been able to do something before? Okay, well, take me through what you've done. 
How did you know what to do next? Have you tried that, <laughs> right? Or if you were coming to me with the same problem, what would you tell me to do? Or no, I'm sorry, if I was coming to you with the same problem, what would you tell me to do? And they usually give me a really good answer. I say, well, have you tried that? <laughs> and they'll say, no, well, how come? How come you're not taking your own advice? And you have to remind them that, hey, we're married to the goal, but we're gonna date this plan. A plan's important, a framework's important, but ultimately we're trying to get to this goal. This is what I need to happen. This is what I need, right? I need more substitutes, right? I need, you know, I need a, a better system for, um, uh, you know, tracking COVID. I, I can't spend my whole day doing it, right? Like, like work together on this, right? Let's, let's create a better plan. But the end, I don't care how you get there. The end goal is that each day I need to know X, Y, Z, whatever it is. But you're going to have to spend time helping your people create a plan. Let me, tell, let me just remind you this. If they knew how to do it, they would already be doing it. Should I say it again? Because that was important. If they knew how to do it, they would already be doing it. Nobody wakes up, goes to work and says, I know I know how to do that, but I ain't doing it today. I'm going to pretend like I don't know. Now, here's what I will tell you. If you're the leader of the organization and someone's not executing at the level that you need them and you're not taking the time to help and equip them, you just take over the task and do it for them, then you're going to start seeing people, eh, let's, let, let's watch Tom run around <laughs> and do all this work. They're not going to try because they know you're just going to take it over anyway and fix it. Stop fixing things. Start developing people. Start equipping people. And I know you don't have the time. Yeah, well, you don't have the time to do all their work either. So pick one. You want to live a more empowered life? You want to, you know, you want to execute on the goals that you should be executing? You're going to have to take time to teach your people. Or you're going to have to hire better. <laughs> hire, train, orient over and over and over again. It never stops. It never stops. So marry the goal, date the plan, help them get through, right? Um, and, and, and fail forward, right? We're leading a book study right now, uh, developing the leaders around you and the, and the five-step you know, process I just you know, talked about. It's, it's like an episode or two ago. Um, but you know, first, you're going to model, model what you want done, right? And you're going to start all the way from the beginning, right? So this is a task that you're going to delegate. Start all the way from the beginning. Model what you want done, right? That's uh, step one. Step two is to mentor them through, right? So you're working at together now, more of a collaborative uh, model. Um, you know, uh, step three is they do it. Now you're overseeing them. So you're like, you know, coaching them, right? You know, so you're modeling at first. So you, you do it and they watch you. You know, step two is you do it uh, together. Step three is they do it, but you're coaching and overseeing them. Step four is they are now independent. And you're giving them autonomy and responsibility to get that task done. And step five is, is hey, now you need to go teach someone else how to do that because I have a, another task that, you know, that I'm going to put on your plate, right? That's multiplication, right? So model it. Step one, do it together. Step two, step three is they do it and you just oversee them. Step four, 
is um, they do it alone. And step five is they go teach someone else how to do it. Okay, help them develop a plan through that. You may need to show. All right, part four. All right, so help them make good choices. So, so people's choices define who who they are going to be. Like you, you are the sum of your of your choices. Right. So, so if you're so if you're working towards um, you know something as a goal, right, and and I don't have a lot of you know choices to make, right, um, you have to choose from that piece. So it's important, right, that you know people um, make good choices, and they have to understand that their choices are getting them the results, right? Their choices get them the results. They're they're the sum of their choices. So. If they're not getting good results, they need to go back to looking at the choices, right? The choices that they're making. Um, so so th that's an important piece, right? So as you're coaching them and you're asking them about, about their choices and their options that they have and what decisions they made towards those, right? Think about when you were a classroom teacher and, and your, your kids would make you know, choices. It's a bad choice. Well, adults do the same thing. So you're just care and candor walking them through the process. Well, what are your, what, what, what choice did you make? What were the options that you had? And so your, your job as a leader is to really help them see all the different options, right? So when I, you know, again, when I coach, you know, uh, someone through a process, I said, what's the goal that you're trying to get to, right? What are the obstacles in the way? What are, what are you know, what's the outcome that you want? What are some options that you have to move forward? Which one of these options are you most likely to try? And then go, right, action. And you're just walking them through a process. And then when it doesn't go right or well, you could coach them backwards. So, okay, well, what were some of the, you know, what made you choose that option? Oh, okay, you know, and well, here's an opportunity, you know, to do it differently, okay? So help them make good choices. So again, when I was, building momentum right as a from uh, you know moving from a gambler to working to become a non-gambler right i had choices every day and i had to make better choices to not gamble to, to you know to change and and that focused intensity right on what i wanted to do right i didn't want to be a gambler anymore so i had to all of my choices had to line up with that like Right now, I'm trying to you know drop weight. I just got I have high uh, cholesterol, so I've got to make some different choices now. And so I can't I can't make a choice, right? I can't you know decide not to eat the cookie when I'm face to face with the cookie. I need to I have to make choices way ahead of the cookie. I'm I'm not going to eat the cookie. I'm not going to do the. I mean, whatever those things are, right? I have to go back and see where where the problem is. And the problem you know typically is 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 that your uh, beliefs, right, drive your uh, behavior, right, which drives the choice you make. And, and so you have to sometimes go all the way back to the uh, core uh, beliefs and really, really start to dig into to help you know, people make better choices, what they are. All right, so we've identified a current reality, reminded them of the big picture, helped them develop a plan, helped them make good choices, and now, number five, value and promote teamwork. Now we need people working uh, together. So as the challenge increases, so then the need for a teamwork. Nothing ever worthwhile was achieved alone. And so here's where I think right now during these you know tough times, people need community. 
and they need to know that it's okay to work together. They need to learn how to work well uh, together. And this was where I struggled as an early uh, teacher leader. Um, I was very productive, but I didn't really work well with the team. I still struggle at times working with a team, um, right? Because I'm just you know, better and faster on my own. But what, I, what I've realized is that I can't achieve anything of significance by myself. I need a team around me. So, so the more that you promote and encourage and value teamwork, you know, the better you're going to be, especially because everybody on your team is going to perceive the task, you know, differently. They're going to bring, you know, different skill sets to it. They're going to bring different ideas. Um, so working uh, together is going to be really, really um, important. And so no team can win unless they're working together. Um, and it's the responsibility of you, the leader of that team, to help them work better together. And part of that is maybe going back through this process and identifying, you know, well, what choices did you make? What, what's your plan, right? What's the goal that you're all trying to achieve? And make sure you got clarity and, and, and everybody's cohesive in these uh, parts, right? Usually it's a lack of trust or it's an ego, you know, getting in the way of uh, the teamwork, okay? And then so the sixth one is to give them hope, right? With hope, with hope, um, we can finally find our way. And, and hope is, I mean, honestly, it's, it's really the big, it's the big key to change is, is having hope, right? This is where that optimism comes in, where that, you know, being a possibilist really, really uh, uh, comes in. And, and hope is the foundation for a change. And so it's, it's, your, it's your job as the leader to continue to paint the picture. Now, if you need to, to go in your office and curl up in the corner, right, and do what you gotta do, that's fine, right? Or you can call me. And if you want, I just, I just can't take it. There's just, you know, so much. Or you come into a group like, you know, like the inner circle. Because when you're a leader, you, you give up the right to complain down. You can't complain about things. You can't be a negative Nancy about things. Like if your logo is like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, like that's not, you can't show that way, right? It's, it's, it's character, right? Character, it's, you know, there's a great saying, charisma gets you in the room, but character, you know, charisma gets you through the door. Character keeps you in the room. And, and, you know, displaying great character is a big, is a big part of being able to, to uh, 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 communicate hope in a way that, that people will believe in you. And, and so I'm, I'm working on being uh, better at hope. When I, you know, we just took a group through the um, Change Your World uh, curriculum. It was a book study we did. Um, I think we did it in June or uh, July. And uh, you can find the, uh, um, the uh, playlist, the Change Your World playlist on our, uh, on our podcast. But it's a great book by John Maxwell, where he's, uh, he's uh, teaching values-based um, uh, curriculum uh, roundtables, and one of the you know one of the curriculums is hope, and so it, it actually when I took the assessment, um, it, it was my lowest score, and I asked you know John, I said, well, you know what, what do I, you know, what do I do about that? And he said, well, you know, it's an awareness. Now you're aware, right? Now you're aware of that that hope, and and so in, you know it's like instead of being hopeful, you have to ask yourself. Well, what are you doing to create that change, right? What are you intentionally doing? And so I know I've got a giant ego and I'm all about me most of the time and I'm working on that every day. 
and you know, being hopeful is about helping other people. It's not just about, you know, oh, I hope things are better. It's about, well, how can I help you make it better? What can I do to help you? So hope, hope is a, a critical part of this and uh, communicate it daily. So those were the six uh, of, of what I'm, you know, sharing about how to lead, you know, differently through uh, tough times and, and to remember to utilize the framework, right? This is what works for me, but to utilize the framework that has helped you overcome adversity and, and take that framework and, and use that evaluative experience to, to uh, you know, not only grow yourself, but to grow your team and to help navigate them through all these uh, challenging times, okay? So I did wanna just share just one, just one more piece uh, with you, right? So, um, part of being able to lead others through you know difficult times is you know being able to lead yourself right because remember in the in the relationship compass you're the middle of your relationship compass and if you can't lead yourself well you're not going to be able to lead others very well either no one's going to follow you right so you know difficult times can you know discipline us to be a stronger uh, leader and and so um what I want you to, to, you know, really, really look at these points. All right. Number one is to remind people of the possibilities. And so always just, you know, you yourself need to be a possibilist. And so your attitude needs to be one of a failing forward attitude that we're going to get through this, right? I don't know every step. I don't need to know every step. I just know the next step, right? I don't have to see, Dr. King said, I don't need to see the whole you know, flight of stairs to get to the second floor. I just need to see the next step. And so knowing that there are possibilities, you know, to do that. And, and you can do that by, you know, watching other organizations, uh, you know, going to other schools and you're seeing how they're doing it, right? You know, uh, getting on these inner circle calls with us and, and like you're hearing eight or nine other leaders, how are you working through, you know, uh, some of these issues? And then the second piece is that the leader has to be active in this, in this, in these, you know, six steps uh, uh, that I shared. And leaders cannot delegate solving problems. And and so there's one thing that I, you know, realized as a consultant when I come in to to help or, help organizations, I I too need to do a better job of of walking the leader through it because they need to learn how to solve uh, problems and identify problems. But if, if they're always outsourcing problem solving, then themselves are not going to be very good, right, at it. And so um, leaders can't delegate solving problems. You can't delegate connecting with people and building relationships. Like this is a really important part. So you, you need to be out front. You need to be leading by walking around. Uh, so you need to be active in facing the challenge, uh, breaking through the obstacles, putting out the fires, correcting mistakes, you know, directing people. Like these are all things you can't, you can't delegate other people to do. You have to do it. You have to do it. So here are just a few ways for you to, to, to be better prepared because this won't be your only a crisis that you're going to go through and who knows how much longer this one will be. But either way, you, you know, you're going to have to um, leave through multiple tough times. So, Remember, you gotta lead yourself. So self-evaluation, right? So you can't get to where you want to go until you know where you are. So this is kind of your own current reality. You know, you know who do I want to be, right? And, and where am I now? And so part of this, you know, uh, you know a challenge is, is 
who do I need to be to become the person who can lead others through these times, right? So let me say that again. If I'm working on a specific goal, right? So the goal to be debt free, who do I need to be is I need to be the person who's a more responsible spender, budgeter, um, who, who, you know, doesn't make bad financial decisions. Like I need to be that person in order to achieve the goal. You know, you know, the purpose in setting the goal isn't to achieve the goal. It's to grow into the person who can be the goal achiever, right? So it's a growth. <laughs> you need to grow. So self-evaluation is, you know, if these are my goals, where am I? Okay. And then you also need to know yourself. So, you know, successful leaders work hard at self-awareness. The best tool that we have to help you with your self-awareness is the DISC uh, leadership personality profile. We've done it for over a thousand leaders and uh, teachers and individuals. Um, it, it's such a great tool because it helps you all understand your leadership and your personality in, in the public self, right? And then, but also in the private self. So you start to understand, well, who do I become under stress and conflict? And I become someone who seeks control and accuracy. And that's not good, right? So self-awareness is I have to remind myself, it's not about me. I have to listen. I have to ask questions. I got to watch my body language. I can't raise my tone. Like these are important things that I have to work. I'm constantly working on improving myself uh, to be there. So, and I also need to know my strengths and my weaknesses. And the DISCA, DISCA profile does that. It shows me what I'm great at. I, you know, I'm great at creativity, influencing, and uh, uh, persistence. Those are my three. And so I'm really great at, you know, coming up with ideas, um, inspiring people, moving people along, right? You know, creating um, a, a momentum and then, and then just like not, you know, giving up, you know, persistence is uh, critical. I'm terrible at details, you know, uh, processes, like things like that. I have to, you know, delegate all that, but I know that about me, right? So uh, I have to surround myself with, you know, people who complete me. I'm not one to do the same thing as I do. So knowing yourself is really, really important. Know your strengths, know who you are, um, really examine yourself, um, right? And uh, let's do one more. Um, you have to know what you value, right? You have to know what your values are. Um, you have to know not only what you value, um, but what your people value. So, that means you have to get off your own agenda, right? Uh, you have to connect with others and ask some questions and have an understanding of what they value. But so when I think of the word values and I go back, you know, to um, uh, that, you know, it was March of two, uh, 2006 when I first went to my first Gamers Anonymous meeting and got that little book. And there's this, these words, you know, humility and honesty and respect and all these pieces. And those were values. I, I had never talked about those words. I really didn't even understand the definition of some of those words, right? But, but now, like, you know, you know, like integrity is a critical value to me. Growth is a critical value. Customer service is a critical value. Um, um, adding value, right? Helping others. Uh, all these pieces are things that I value, and I have to live them daily. If I'm not, if I'm not living my values, I'm in, you know you know, disharmony and people are going to see that. And that's why I was, I used to be a person with no values and poor character. And I thought that that was the reason, right? No, I thought I wasn't getting jobs at higher level, you know, because of, uh, you know, um, 
uh, uh, politics, and it wasn't. I was not a values-oriented person, and people could sense that because now I sense it in other people. We can kind of sniff out our own. Right? So live your values daily and make decisions based upon those values. Um, if you don't have a list of values, uh, I'm going to drop the link in here, but you know, you know, we've got a, a values exercise that I do and I, I take, you know, boards through it. I take leadership teams through it because it's important that they have a, a, a core set of values of who they are and that they uh, define them and they, and they live them on a daily basis and teams should have values, right? Your core values as an organization, like these are our, our values need to be uh, defined and trained around and, and measured. And so every day you need to compare your actions towards your values. And, and any you know, discord between your values and your actions can create chaos. Right? So you've got to live out your values regardless of the feelings and, and, and really, really uh, focus on your responsibilities as a leader, not your rights. Right, responsibilities. Just you know, uh, because you have the ability to do something as a leader doesn't mean um, that it's the right thing to do. I mean, are you trying to be right or get it right? And for me, like, I want to get it right, but there was a big part of my life where I just wanted to be right, and that still sometimes creeps in. And I have to now. I know I've got that self awareness, you know, where I take those things. So. That was a lot. So um, what did we go through, right? So we went through about adversity and we talked about four ways uh, to take advantage in adversity. We talked about um, the six, you know, the six uh, um, you know, steps to, to leading people uh, through a tough times in a different way. And then I shared three, three ways to be you know, better prepared for yourself. Because remember, a you know, crisis doesn't make a leader, it reveals them. And so those three uh, strategies to, to know your values, you know, to, to know yourself and to work on growing yourself, I mean, that's, that's gonna be a critical part uh, because when you get squeezed in a crisis, what's, what's you know, coming out is, is, is what you're made of, right? And, uh, and I want you to be a values-based uh, person and I want your values to come out during those hard times. So thanks, thanks for giving me your time. Uh, if this if this lesson added some value to you, right? If it's you know you know if I said something or shared something that you like, and there's other people, please share it out. You know whatever platform you're uh, listening on or watching on, share it out. Uh, you know, comment, um, like, uh, rate. You know, even if it's a one out of five, okay. Tell me why. I I like feedback. I crave feedback. I want to learn. I, you know, I want to grow. I you know I want to be the difference maker, right? I, every day it's what it, so if, if this made a difference for you please you know uh, you know please tell me um you know if it didn't you know and it didn't hit the mark but you know we know it's it's not you know really helping the time so um, i believe in you and i believe in your dream um and 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 you know a couple things opportunities youth max in october uh youth leadership sessions go ahead and email me at tom at lbleaders.com or go ahead and click on the link um, that I'll put here in the show notes uh, for you to uh, be able to sign up for a free uh, training for your youth or for your guidance counselor about how to use the iTrues curriculum. Uh, that's one. Two, on October 8th, oh my gosh, Live to Lead. Um, John Maxwell, Jeff Henderson, 
uh, 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 Jamie Kern-Lima, Head Milet, Valerie Burr, I mean, amazing thought leaders. It's a leadership uh, simulcast that you can, you know, bring your team into the conference room and you all can watch live on Friday, at nine o'clock in the morning uh, through lunch. Um, and just amazing, amazing opportunity you're gonna get. You're gonna, you know, learn from world-class leaders. Uh, so that's out there on a coming up event. I'll put the link in. You can go to our website at lbleaders.com. And at the very top, you're going to see a link, uh, you know, come to live the lead, go ahead and sign your team up. Um, it, it's, it's, it's by far the best leadership uh, training that you would have uh, gone through, uh, maybe in, in your entire life, but it's such an inspiring opportunity you, you, and you'll walk away, you and your team are feeling inspired, refreshed and renewed. Uh, so that's also coming up as well. So youth max free opportunities for your, uh, youth in October. John Maxwell uh, conference uh, through Live the Lead. You can watch it uh, through our platform uh, and, and you can go uh, to my website, lbleaders.com. Hit the button at the very top and go ahead and sign your team up. Thanks everybody. Have a magnificent day. I'm telling you, it works if you work it, right? It works if you work it. See you on the next session.